Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. My name is Nerul and I'm going to read the Bible for us. Um, this is the story, the narrative that Josh referred to earlier and it's found in Luke chapter 7 verses 1 to 10. Luke chapter 7, 1 to 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant whom the master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this. Because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy To come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, He was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Perspective. I want to begin by talking to you about perspective. I don't know if you uh, can see me yet. You might need to turn around and have a look. I'm back here, right? Perspective. Perspective is how we view things. Perspective changes what we see, helps us to see things differently. And when we look at passages, we can see different perspectives of people in the narrative. And tonight, that's what we're going to see. So I'm going to go down now so you don't have to have a sore neck through the whole evening. But you might remember a dress that went viral online and it looked a little something like this. Uh, Now, some of you, uh, look, I just want to see, uh, do a bit of a poll to see uh, who's right and who's wrong. Um, So, um, I wonder, uh, hands up if you see uh, black and blue. Okay, hands up if you see gold and white. Yeah, right. Okay, so only a few of us are right. (laughs) There's something about perspective, isn't there? 
that we all bring some type of perspective to what we just looked at, right? We bring a perspective that somehow means that you and I, most of you and I, see something different when we look at this. Something in our mind, in our eyes, something changes how we see what we see. But you see, uh, tonight, in today's passage actually, sorry, what we see is we see three different perspectives, but of one person. And so, to help you, I've got the centurion, right? Here's my centurion. I want you to think about the centurion tonight. A centurion was like a Roman soldier. Uh, he, uh, does anyone have a guess how many people he kind of led? A hundred, yeah. Yeah, six, close, but you know, that's right. Uh, he led probably around a hundred soldiers. He was a commander in the army under the Roman emperor. Uh, and he lived in this place that we just heard about, Capernaum, which is in the Galilean region. Right up the top there, you can see the little pin. And so he was in like Gentile land, right? We learned that this centurion had a servant and that him and his servant faced a crisis. Now, this centurion, we learn, is different to a lot of Romans because Romans treated servants like disposable property. But he, in verse 2, we learn that this centurion highly valued his servant. Now, we don't know much about this servant, but we know that he was sick. He was sick and about to die. And the centurion had heard about this dude, Jesus, kind of going throughout the whole region and that he'd been doing some amazing miracles. Whatever he'd heard, it made him think that Jesus could do something for his dying servant that he so cared about. So the centurion, he sent... Some Jewish elders. So I'll get my Jewish elders. It was the best I could come up with. So, so he had some Jewish elders in Capernaum, right, in his town. These were his Jewish mates. And why did he send these guys? Well, we'll come back to that later. But these Jewish elders, why would they do something for a Gentile, an uncircumcised soldier who was employed by a Roman uh, oppressor? Why would he send these people and why would they willingly go for a Roman? Was it out of fear? Well, no, it wasn't. Here is where we see the first perspective and that is the perspective of our Jews. When they came to Jesus, what did they do? They pleaded earnestly. And that word earnestly is like a zealot, that they zealously pleaded that they so desired that he would, that Jesus would heal the centurion's servant. So they really wanted it. And if you can see there in verse 4 and 5, this is what they said. So when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves or is worthy to have you do this because he loves our nation and, and has built our synagogue. So how do these guys see the centurion? Well, they saw him that he deserved it. The Jewish elders saw that the soldier was worthy, that he was worthy to have Jesus heal his servant. And this is the first perspective we see of the centurion. The Jews thought that he deserved it because of what he had done, because of the external works that the centurion had done. 
that he loved Israel and that he'd helped build the synagogue. And because of that, these Jews believed that he was worthy. They saw him worthy to have his servant healed. The Jews saw the centurion's worth. So, that's the Jews. And then we come to the centurion. What about the centurion's perspective? How did he see himself? When Jesus wasn't far from the centurion's house, what happened was uh, the centurion had sent more of his Jewish friends ahead of him to say to Jesus, verse 6, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. I don't deserve it. That's how he saw himself. And literally in verse 7, he uses the same word that the Jews used. But rather than saying he was worthy, he says, I am not worthy. It's the opposite. So the centurion, how did he see himself? Well, he saw his unworthiness. The centurion saw that he was not worthy to have his servant healed. He knew his internal experience of himself and he knew the worthiness of Jesus because what does he call him? He calls Jesus Lord. So a man of authority goes to another man and calls him Lord. On the outside, the Jews saw this Gentile showing great uh, favour towards the Jews and thought that he deserved it. But he himself thought he was unworthy. That he, wouldn't, he didn't even deserve to have Jesus set foot inside his house. So the Jews, they looked at the centurion and saw his worthiness by his works, by what he had done. But the centurion, he saw his unworthiness. What a difference perspective makes. These people looking in, at, looking out from outside in to this man's life and this man on the inside knowing his own heart and his own life. Well, we'll then move to the third perspective, which is uh, Jesus, the King, the Messiah. What did Jesus see? What was it that Jesus saw when he looked at this man, a Gentile, a soldier, a commander of a thousand soldiers. I mean, the centurion wasn't a Jew, not an Israelite. He was employed by an oppressor of God's people. And how does Jesus view this man? Unworthy? Or worthy? Well, it's not unworthiness. It's not worthiness that Jesus sees but it's faith Jesus saw the centurion's faith now I want to pause and reflect on kind of thinking about what faith is and we see the centurion what we see the actions of the centurion and what Jesus saw and so we see what it looks to have faith the centurion declared his faith with his actions and his words by sending people to Jesus to declare his authority calling Jesus Lord and he recognised the goodness and power of Jesus. So he sent word to Jesus to ask him to heal his servant. And this 
is why Jesus says uh, that this centurion had great faith. That he humbled himself, even though he was a man of authority, he then called someone else of greater authority. A centurion, a Roman, turned to a Nazarene and says, Lord. So he humbled himself and he trusted in God's goodness and in his power. Now, Jesus had begun on his way towards the Jewish elders uh, to go to, uh, to the, towards the centurion's house, sorry, when they met some more of the centurion's friends. And they say that he feels unworthy to have Jesus come. But here is the miracle in today's passage. You might have thought that the last verse was the miracle when we see the the centurion's servant healed. But verse 7, will you look with me and see the miracle in this passage? The centurion says, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. The centurion heard of Jesus, and he understood that Jesus could heal up close and from far away. So much so that he said, don't even come into my house, you can heal him from here. The centurion showed his faith by his words. Wait, did I say by his works? No, by his words. It wasn't by what he had done. It wasn't by the love uh, towards the Jewish people, but it was by his words. Up to now, the centurion's faith had produced a whole range of activity, right? Jewish elders were sent to Jesus. Jesus made his way to the centurion's home. A bunch more of his friends uh, had met Jesus along the way, telling him of the centurion's faith. Uh, But now... The officer's faith rested. He had sent his friends to Jesus. He knew his own limitations and unworthiness and he knew who Christ was. He believed that Christ could heal his servant. He showed his faith by his words. He recognised Jesus' power to heal and the centurion at this point declares that Jesus has authority even over sickness. A man of authority in this world submitting to a greater man of authority. He saw Jesus as Lord, as King of his life. And by him sending Jewish elders, what he's doing is he's making a statement of this belief because he saw that these Jews were like his mates. And so they were kind of, you know when you're at school and someone sends someone else to go and talk to someone over there so on and that, you know, because they have a better relationship and they might be able to smooth things over? It's like that, that the Jew is going to the Jew to go and appeal for the person that's outside of that friendship circle. An uncircumcised Gentile, an employer, an employed by a hostile oppressor, he decides to enlist these guys to go to Jesus. The centurion had humbled himself, recognising who Jesus was. Lord. And he trusts in his goodness and power and he waits. What did Jesus think of the centurion's words? 
what was his perspective as he looked to the centurion? Look with me at verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. He was amazed at a Roman. Now, there's only one other time that Jesus is amazed in the Gospels, that that word amazed was used. The other time was not at amazing faith, but an amazing lack of faith. Of the people in his hometown in Nazareth, the ones that uh, would kick him out of his town. In Mark 6, 6, uh, in Mark's account of what happens there, he, it says that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. What could be more terrible than to amaze the Son of God with your lack of faith? What could be more terrible than to amaze the Son of God with your lack of faith? And that was his hometown. But what could be more wonderful than to amaze Jesus with your faith? The centurion had amazing faith. He was amazed at him. Now, the Jewish elders, they came to Jesus. They believed that Jesus could perform a miracle and heal the servant. They expected that Jesus would heal because when they looked at the centurion, they saw his good works and because of that, that he had earned it, that he deserved it, that he was worthy. The Jews commended his works, but Jesus commended his faith. Jesus had not found such faith in all of Israel, in all of God's people, in all the Jews. He hadn't found such amazing faith. A faith not based on works, a faith that does not think that God will help him because he had done something to earn it. But a faith that knew that God would help despite who he was, despite what he had done and despite what he hadn't done. This term at church, uh, we're kind of spending time trying to meet this king, to know who Jesus is. And today we see that Jesus again is not coming for the people that we might expect, the people that have it all together. You know, Jesus read uh, from the Isaiah scroll in Luke 4, proclaiming the good news for the rich and the wealthy and the people that have it all together. No, he didn't come for the rich and the wealthy and the people that have it all together. He came for the humble and the unlikely. And here... The Roman centurion, a non-Jew, was an unlikely. Not someone from the Israelites, not a religious dude, but he came humbly to Jesus. And this is where I want to ask you, what's your perspective of yourself? How do you look at yourself? And what perspective do you have of this king, of Jesus? The Jewish head honchos, they saw that the centurion was worthy. But the centurion, he saw that he was not worthy. He was like the prodigal son that comes home to his father and says, I am not worthy to be called your son. The centurion doesn't come to Jesus himself because he believes himself to be unworthy. And he makes his appeal for grace like a beggar not lifting their eyes. He is like the tax collector in the temple 
who sits off far away and can't even lift his head up to heaven. And he, what does he do? He beats his chest in despair and God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The centurion confesses his unworthiness. The centurion voices a truth that applies to everyone, that we are all not worthy to receive anything from Christ on our own standing. But the centurion has a hope, and his hope is based on the goodness and power of this king, of Jesus. Not on his own goodness and power, not on his own authority. He knows himself to be unworthy, but he knows he does not need to be worthy to seek Christ's help. The centurion knew what Paul would later write in Romans without all the fancy words that Paul used. Romans 3.10 says this as he quotes from the Old Testament. He says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. No one can say to God, I am worthy, God, to receive your favour. Or, God, you owe me. Look at all I've done. Look at all the people that I've told about you. Look at all the money that I've given to church, to ministry. Grace is not something we earn, but something we receive. But maybe you're here today and you just don't even really still understand what faith is. Look to the centurion. See what it is that he is that he did if you want to come to jesus today and receive the gift that he holds out you need faith in jesus like the centurion who he humbled himself before jesus he recognized jesus's authority and called him lord and then he trusted in his goodness and power that's why jesus says i have not found such great faith even in israel He knew what it is that Paul would say again in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, his power and his goodness, if you believe that, then you will be saved. So humbly declare Jesus as your Lord and trust his power and his goodness. Now, you could have been a Christian in your whole life, and uh, you have the knowledge that you're not good enough and that you don't bring anything to Jesus to earn your salvation. Yet maybe there's a part of you that still comes to Jesus with a little bit of pride that says, yeah, did you see that, Jesus? Yeah, I told my friend about Jesus the other day. It's awesome. Maybe it's in the way that you give. Maybe it's in the way uh, you know, that you come and you read the Bible up the front or you play music or it's your knowledge. Are there areas in your life where you have the perspective that, that you have the perspective of the Jews that you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm worthy? Take time to examine your heart. I want to challenge you and ask you, really ask yourself if you truly have the humility to know that you're not worthy of Jesus' Jesus's favour because of your actions, but He has already done it. He's already done the thing that you need. And come to Him and humbly repent and submit to Him. So that might be you. Or on the other hand, you may have the knowledge that you're not good enough and that you don't bring anything to Jesus to earn your salvation, but because of the perspective of the Jews, that you feel weighed down, that 
by the burden of trying to be good enough. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Or maybe for the very first time tonight, you realize that you want what Jesus offers and you've never taken it up. You realize that you need Jesus as your king. What you need to do is you need to deny your own desires, deny what you want for your life and look to what Jesus wants for your life. Jesus doesn't want your goodness. Instead, he wants faith like the centurion that recognized his goodness and his power. A faith that does not think that God will help you if you have done something to earn it. And if you humbly submit, and if you call Jesus your king, and you want to trust his goodness and his power, then I want to ask, will you pray with me? We're going to pray together. Um, And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer that is uh, recognizing, like the centurion, our unworthiness, but Jesus' worthiness. And so what I'll do is I'll say a line, uh, and for you, uh, if you are someone that has called Jesus your king for your whole life, or if you want to call Jesus your king for the first time tonight, then I want you to repeat it out loud with me. So I'm going to say a line. If you're a Christian, if you want to become a follower of Jesus tonight, uh, I would love it if you'd repeat out the lines with me. So I'll say a short line, you pray it with me, and then um, we'll sing together. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, like the centurion, I know I am not worthy but I know your goodness and power. Lord, I give my life to you. Save me and forgive me of all I have done wrong. Open my eyes so I may know you more. Jesus, you are worthy. Thank you for new life. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.